0: at luckylandslots.com. Available to players in the US, excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. And it's coming through the middle. Recovering challenge from Edwards. He's, he's onside! Hater, he's, he's got it! It's absolutely <laughs> unbelievable! James Hayter has a three-minute hat-trick at
1: deep court. Uh Welcome to Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast with me, Sean Barker. And me, Sam Davis. Now, we know last week we promised you a full show this week, packed with everything you've come to expect from back of the net, interviews, features, silliness, supporter profiles, club news, but we're really sorry, but this is episode 5.5, so we're not going to do all that. We're going to be doing a match preview of Man City, and we're also going to talk about the England game because obviously this weekend we had the international break so there hasn't been much happening in the club so instead of just whittering on for an hour and a half we thought we'd keep it nice and short but Sam international breaks they're normally pretty boring right
0: I never used to like them now obviously we're born with fans we're really league one aren't we we're, we're a league two no, no 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 league one that's what we are but not now of course but We've been always used to playing week in, week out. But since the Championship, now this is our third season of having blank weekends. And quite frankly, it's a it's a horrible feeling. I mean, are you interested that much in international fixtures, Sean?
1: Normally, Sam, the answer to that question would be no. Couldn't care less. Who? So what? We drew, we lost, whatever. However, Samuel, this weekend, England not only came from behind, they not only defeated the world champions... But they also actually played pretty damn well. So much so, Sam, that we're going to win the Euros.
0: (laughs) I love your optimism there, Sean. That is is unrivaled. And uh, I've been seeing a lot of conversations on Twitter and Facebook from people saying that exact same thing. Mm, Do I think they're going to do it? Well, that certainly gave some optimism. And then, again, not too distant future. We're playing the Netherlands. Who knows? If they turn them over as well there could be a chance. But yeah, England skate staged a magnificent comeback to beat World Cup holders Germany as manager Roy Hodgson's new breed excelled in Berlin. Germany looked to have spoiled a promising England display with goals either side of the interval. It was Tony Kroos with his long-range shot, deceiving the injured keeper, Jack Butland. And then Mario Gomez in the second half, headed past his deputy, Fraser Forster, who stepped in. But then, wow. Harry Kane, tribute to Johann Cruyff. Did a Crive turn, struck low with his right foot, bottom left-hand corner. Great goal. And then Jamie Vardy with an immense flick. Dally Alley then should have wrapped it up. And then I thought, well, two alls, not bad, is it? Considering how we played. But then a fantastic corner from Henderson met the head of Eric Dyer, 3-2, Sean. Maybe you're right. Maybe we are going to win the Euros.
1: <laughs> of course we are sad because we played one game pretty well. But no, I uh, watched it. It was early morning uh, here in New Zealand. I missed to watch it online, and Germany were pretty poor. I thought, although their passing was still, you know, pretty sharp, but they just seemed to lack a little bit of an edge, really. And but you know, as as they can do, they still found themselves two goals up. Yeah, Butland with the goal should have just put it out he had two chances didn't he to clear the ball but instead he wanted to play on and I understand that it was his chance to you know stake his claim and all that stuff and but overall that first half actually I think we contained them pretty well we had some good chances and then second half obviously that Harry Kane goal oh what a finish
0: that was so good. I mean, as I said, tribute to Cruyff with that turn, and then a low right-footed shot, which it seemed to go through a couple of players, but the keeper had no chance with it. Uh, it was a real confident display, and it was so good to see sort of youngsters like Deli Ali. They're just fearless, absolute fearless, and uh, it's really refreshing to see players like that. Now, obviously, there's the Rooney debate now, isn't there? Is Rooney going to step back in? Obviously, he's injured right now, but when he comes back, is he going to play? Because I always think that Rooney sometimes gets slapped in by default but I don't know I mean that was a good enough display and if if they do the same against Netherlands uh sort of tonight because they're playing obviously uh against them I think they're going to give a few other players a chance like Daniel Sturridge but if they can if they can turn over the Dutch as well maybe I do share your optimism.
1: Well Deli Ali he's the new Ross Barkley so I've heard. Mm, yeah well who was the new Paul Gaskell in prior to that but no I mean Buckley, we all thought was going to be the big shining light and I think he's a good player but the way Ali's been playing I mean the last two games he's been pretty much man of the match for me in both games he's played for England and it is pretty exciting to see a player like that and of course now we are all going to get over excited and we're going to be you know pretty odds-on favorites to to win this tournament now but you know, you've got to play who you play and you're playing Germany away and that's still a pretty tasty result. Yet whether Rooney's going to come back in or not, I still think there is a place for him in some capacity. But you want Roy to pick players on form and he hasn't always done that, has he?
0: No, that's right. And uh, it's it's just really refreshing to see. Such a great mix of young players. I mean, they, I mean they've been performing absolutely admirably. Deli Alley, as you mentioned. Jamie Vardy, who came on. I mean, oh my goodness. His first touch. Well, it wasn't his first touch, but he didn't put a foot wrong. And then came that absolutely quality moment where he did that flick. Now, Sean, I know that you're a goalkeeper. You turned into a striker. The other way around, you're sometimes playing goal. You're just a jack-of-all-trades on the football pitch. How many times have you tried that flick that Jamie pull, uh, Avadi pulled off first time?
1: Um, enough times to break my leg on several occasions <laughs> because you've gone to do that flick and you never connect with a ball, right? And you just end up hitting your other leg and you fall over. And when he came on, I said, you know what's going to happen here? He's going to get injured inside a minute chasing a long ball, there goes Leicester's tidal hopes, dashed within three minutes. Instead, first touch, bang. I mean, that guy, regardless of the style of football that Leicester play, that some aren't happy with, whatever, it's great to have an in-form striker and to have two of them playing up top. And, and yeah, it was just one of those touches. It was if he's going to score, he's going to do a back we'll put it into the bottom corner. And then that was his first touch, I think, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it may, it may it may well have done. But what um, I remember seeing the first time I saw that pulled off successfully was I think it was Lee Sharp for Man United. I don't know what match it was in, but he did the same thing, but with less finesse than Vardy did. But uh, you know the the Spurs the Spurs that ripped us apart that kind of spine of the team were completely evident in the England game, and it was Eric Dyer that finished it off with a lovely corner from Jordan Henderson and. Uh, Right place, right time. In fact, I, I did see a post match interview, and Eric Dyer said, um, "You kept, you know, you keep on putting these corners into the far post. Can you do one to the uh, to the near post?" He did, and uh, Eric Dyer was there to head it in.
1: He did. And talking about Henderson, prior to that goal, man, Henderson kept finding himself in amazing positions where you are <laughs> yeah. screaming, "Anybody but Henderson! Please be in that <laughs> yeah. position."
0: Yeah. If he could if he could finish some of them, I think um you know, he's got a great engine on him obviously, but if he could finish them as well, I mean, people might start to put him in the same bracket uh, bracket as Gerard and Lampard, but uh who knows. But Sean, we've talked about England. Now, we've got a global fan base, so we've got Chase over in America. Are we going to are we going to review the USA's latest game now as well or is that or is that too much?
1: Um, I think I think we need another, another couple of months before we uh, start start it praising Chase and his Americans <laughs> too much. So let's move on now, Sam. We've talked about England and yet, yeah, hopefully by the time this podcast come out, it's another four nil hammering of the Netherlands and it's it's all done and dusted. Just give us the trophy now and we'll just have a holiday in France instead. But more pressing matters Uh, this weekend we get back to Premier League action don't we?
0: Yeah that's right and it's going to be an interesting one. Uh,
1: Man City of
0: course they had that performance against Man United at home. Injury wise they've got winger Raheem Sterling who's going to miss about six to eight weeks with a groin injury so that means he probably won't play again this season. Now he picked up the problem in that aforementioned match against Man United. Eight weeks would probably see him return after the final day of the Premier League but before the Champions League final. So you never know. If Man City get that far, there's always a possibility. Um, also, Joe Hart, he should only be sidelined for about two weeks, but that's definitely going to put him out of the clash at the Vitality Stadium. He's got a calf injury. Um, on the AFC Bournemouth front, uh, now Harry Arter, of course, he's uh, he only played that uh, first half against Spurs. What are your thoughts? Do you, think, uh, do you think he's going to come back into action or is he still um, perhaps a bit too early?
1: Yeah, um, obviously there was the interview um, with Arta that the club put out, which was talking about how he did actually go to Ireland and he met with the doctors and he really, really wanted to play. And they did some scans and it's his Achilles, isn't it, that's been the problem. So they decided to rest it. The fact that Harry felt good enough to play and the international doctors have advised him to not might make it seem like he could well be in contention. I am not sure though whether we will play him there for me, it felt a little bit like against spurs he was a little bit gingerly, so to say would you say
0: yes i would uh i would say i mean it was uh... Part of me thought, God, you know, is he fit? I mean, I didn't actually realise at the time he'd been taken off due to injury. Um, It was just a, a very poor first half and, I, you know, I, it did improve in the second. Obviously, you know, not much. But it's, uh, you know, is it only him that we've got concerns about?
1: Uh, Josh King as well um, pulled out of the Norway squad, didn't he? So they were the two, originally there were 10 international players away we end up only eight so Josh King's another one that we just don't know was that just a precaution that he was out or is that again a bit more of a serious issue so when we come to look at our likely starting team uh Boric Boric in goal back four do you think the back four is going to remain the same
0: Yeah, I think it is. Uh, I don't see any reason uh, for it not to. They've been, you know, apart from that game, which is obviously, you know, getting sliced apart by uh, amazing through balls at Spurs. I mean, there are certain goals you couldn't really sort of compensate for. But yeah, I think there's no reason to change the back four for sure.
1: So in which case then we go to the midfield. So if Arta's out... Gosling, you would presume, would be straight in, although it was O'Kane that came on in the game before, but I, I would be saying Gosling would be coming in. Then the rig, big one, really, is if King does miss out, I yeah, I think there's either Graben comes in as a straight replacement, so to speak, plays up top with a phobe, or... Does Gradle push into the middle and, and does Pugh come out wide left? And maybe Pughy gives us a bit more protection on the wings?
0: Yeah, now this is what, it's quite a quandary. I mean, Eddie Howe's got a lot of thinking to do. Uh, now, I did say last week, or maybe it's the week before last, that if we do play a four-five-one, I don't think O'Kane successfully fits into that formula. I know he has earlier in the season. Um, Arter, Gosling and O'Kane in the middle could have that. Who knows? Like you say, that would be quite a good formation, actually. But I mean, I I just don't think, I don't think he'll go four four two. I don't think he will. We got ripped apart by Spurs. Uh, I don't know four five one. Maybe having Gradle. Can you give Eddie Howe a call actually after the show and maybe tell him to do that because I I think that's a great thing to do.
1: You reckon that would work? <laughs> Who knows? But uh... I think the only thing with that is that Gradle is you know. Attack-minded. So you say the 4-5-1 relies on us having Sermonata and Gosling. So if you take one of those out of the equation, does that make us weak? The other thing we have to think about is with the international break, obviously we haven't had the full squad to train, which is why if King doesn't play, I would lean more towards Graben coming straight in. Formation then doesn't really, well, doesn't have to change. They've been working with Graben over the last couple of weeks training in that position, so that that would probably be my pick if King was out and if if Arda is out, I would presume that Gosling would be coming in. If they're both fit, then it's just the debate of do we go four four two or do we go four five one. But then if we go four five one, who do you drop at the top? Do you drop King or do you drop a I Don't
0: want to say this, but personally, based you know if King's fit, I think he's got to play. Fobay, um <clears throat> he scored crucial goals at crucial times. However, I think I'd rather have Josh King starting than a Foubet. So if we are going to go that route, um, I'd rather play Josh King up front. He's strong. He can hold the ball up. He's pacey. He's improved dramatically in so many different ways. But there have been performances where Benic Fobe has scored goals, but everyone has said, mm, well, up to that point, even against Southampton at home, Up till that point, didn't do much. Held the ball up quite well, scored the goal at the right time, though. You could argue that uh, is more of a natural finisher, hence his tally of goals. But Josh King is just getting better and better. So um, it's a quandary.
1: Okay, so Sam, let's put it out now. Predictions for the game.
0: Well, this is a a very tricky one. They've got Sterling out. I do remember last... Uh, last season or season before, or no, I think it was last season. Whatever, Sterling was frightening. I've never seen a player as frightening as that when we played them in the Capital One Cup. I think they won three one at Dean Court. Gosling sco- scored a uh, consolation, but but seeing Sterling play, he was frightening. He's the fastest player I've ever seen. I'm glad he's not playing, but you know. Uh... Man City are a tough nut to crack. They're obviously still chasing top four. Man United uh, there and thereabouts. It's, it's probably between them for fourth place. I think we could get a point out of this. So my prediction is two all. Two all home draw.
1: A cracker at the Vitality Stadium.
0: You know what? I'd be happy with that, and I think it would maybe give um, give the lads a bit of impetus. I know that the Spurs game want the best, but you know it'll give us that sort of uh, that momentum. Hopefully, that can take us into an, an endless streak until the end of the season. eh, Sean,
1: I'd love to share your optimism, optimism <laughs> Sam. Uh, you you broke me with the uh, prediction <laughs> of the Spurs game when you you bet against us. Correctly, um, I was. I, this season has been so unpredictable, especially when it comes to the top teams in terms of results. You know, the start of the season, you'd have said, well, we'll take the top six and we'll get nothing out of any of them. And obviously, we've got quite a few points out of a lot of them. I went to the powers of FIFA 16 on the PS4 this morning and uh, to play the game Bournemouth against Man City. Um We played very, very well. Great, great play. But we did lose 2-0 a couple of Aguero goals. I just gave him a couple of chances. And that's my only worry when we play against, you know, when we played against Arsenal, Spurs, and the quality of Man City is that if you give these guys chances, they will take them. And I still think City will create chances. So as much as I want to say we're going to get a 1-0 win, I think it will be 2-0 Man City
0: is was that tumbleweed moment there. I think it might be. 2-0. Well, to be fair, I did bet against us on the uh, Spurs game. But uh, yeah, it's certainly going to be a tricky one. And uh, we would love to know your predictions too. But of course, how do people get in touch with us? Well, you can send us an email, fans at afcbpodcast.com. If you haven't liked us already, do it on Facebook. What's the address, Sean?
1: Uh, www.facebook.com forward slash podcast.
0: And of course, you can get in touch on Twitter as well. And that is at AFCB podcast.
1: Yep. So look, we will be back next Tuesday and we promise you it will be a full and thorough episode six of Back of the Net with all the things that you've come to love each and every Tuesday. So we'll just have a lot more to talk about there. And there's a couple of interviews. I know we haven't had a few interviews lately, but we've kind of been lining them up and uh, there's some Corker Sam has managed to score a brilliant club legend. He's gonna get you. Oh, oh I hope I haven't said too much. Oh. Um... But just going to put a last shout out for a couple of features that are coming up, one of which is about overseas cherries fans. So if you are listening to this and you are a Bournemouth supporter from somewhere in the world outside of the UK, then can you just email me fans at com? Just let me know where you are and just a bit of history about your support, because I'm putting together a feature there. Could well give you a call on Skype and a bit of an interview. The other one was your memories of the classic old Dean Court. So back in the day, if you've got some great stories, I'd really... Really love to hear them audibly through our f- telephone number of 1202 10 48 Look at that, I remembered it. Or you can record your audio on your phone on the voice note thing or on your computer and email fans at afcbpodcast.com. Just tell us your name, where, where you are, and just a brief story of a memory of the old Dean Court. I would really appreciate that. Otherwise, Sam, I think that's about it.
0: Yeah, I think so. I just wanted to say um, I want to take part in that. So maybe I I should change my voice and send a few voice messages because I've got so many great memories about the old Dean Court. So many interesting little bit. Anyway, we will save that, won't we? By the way, if you're listening and you haven't subscribed, do it now on any of your podcast apps. Just hit the subscribe button and then our podcast will automatically be downloaded onto your phone every Tuesday.
1: Brilliant. So up the cherries. Let's that win that I really want us to do against Man City. And let's get over that 40-point mark and then let's keep going upwards. Enjoy the rest of your week. In Hopefully you're still celebrating the England result or the Scotland result. If they're, I don't even know if they're playing. Do they play football anymore? I don't know. We'll be back next week. It's been Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast.
0: And it's coming through the middle. Recovering challenge from Edward He's He's onside. Hayter has got it. <laughs> it's absolutely unbelievable. James Hayter has a three-minute hat-trick at deep court uh-huh.